Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Podcast Network. I am your humble host, the conductor of the Devin Funches hype train and worshiper of Nikhil Harry, Pete Rogers. I am joined by some of the guys. We got DK Metcalf's number one admirer, doubter of Juju Smith-Schuster, proponent for a Jon Snow hair product line and resident old man Clark Barnes, and El Sabatura, lover of all men in the trenches and WNBA hot take machine. And wine connoisseur, working girl Jordan Smith. Ooh. Guys, how are we? Doing great, Pete. Getting my LeBron James on. Ian, doing that little uh, evening wine. What are you? What is he sipping on? What are the uh, fruit forward flavorings that you're tasting on your tongue? Oh, just a lovely uh, French Cabernet. Oh, delightful. I picked it out specifically because your boy's going to Paris in October. Whoa! Just for shits and giggles? Yeah, me and the lady wanted to get out of the country. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're going on an excursion. Oh, that sounds delightful. Uh, does that mean I assume you will be tuning in from Paris during uh, your October trip for the podcast, right? Naturally. Yes, of course. I'll need something to listen to. Oh, I was thinking you would be communicating with us. We'll phone you in oh. from Paris, right? I feel like that was... I mean, the last time you phoned in from a remote location, a.k.a. the Lambeau Field bathroom, was a wild success. So I can only assume what could happen in Paris. That was hilarious. I (laughs) forgot about that and thought about it the other day. And I was like, I can't believe we actually did that. (laughs) It was incredible. It was mildly effective, too, which was, you know, what more could you ask for than a mildly effective uh, phone conversation with you in the bathroom? It was like a good sideline reporter thing. It really wasn't necessary, but you looked good doing it. Oh, yeah. You looked great. You were primed and you had everything off the top. You know, you were just reciting things off the top of your head. You had a, a script plan. You were just running through. Looked good. Felt good. Oh, I, I definitely wasn't on just my wine connoisseur uh, mode that night. No, no. You were a connoisseur of all beverages. Very much so. Very much so. Guys, Um, we have almost real football starting. I know. It's kind of crazy. What is it? We got what? Who's uh? What's the preseason game tomorrow night slash the day that you're listening to this? I know the Ravens play somebody tomorrow night. I I, because I'm buying a whole lot of Ravens stock this year. I've I've got some Lamar Jackson, some Justice Hill. Uh, Mark Andrews, Mark Ingram, they've got plenty of fantasy options that I want to keep an eye on for the first series or two. So, yeah, I I know they play somebody, but I can't remember who. Almost all the teams are playing. Uh, The teams that are not playing tomorrow, tomorrow, probably when you're listening to this tonight, the teams that are not playing, Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh, Minnesota at the Saints, Bengals at the Chiefs, Rams at the Raiders, Dallas 
at the Niners, if you did not hear your team called, you were playing Thursday night. Wow. If you did not hear your team be called, please report to the principal's office. <laughs> you are scheduled to play a preseason game. <laughs> you will play a game, and it will be Thursday. Yeah, I'm excited to, to watch some football. It's been a while, uh, and we're finally going to get into some NFL news, too, this episode. It's been a long time for that. Uh, Before we do that, yes. one comment about the Tom Cruise ranks. Uh, yes none of you are my friends for leaving off days of thunder like horrible omission guys well what's I'm not talk to your you list in front of you no but i mean days of thunder, days like, of thunder what is it? y'all are you had no old people representation on the pod and it yeah. showed i so when we tweeted out the list from the uh rb1 i retweeted it and heath responded with saying the exact same thing he was like where's days of thunder He's so obviously got- a man of class and taste. <laughs> <laughs> he clearly he knows exactly what kind of uh, Tom Cruise movies appeal to a generation. Yeah, but okay, now it's behind us, water under right. the bridge. Cool. Okay. Whew, I'm Good. glad we were able to get past that. That would have been tough. All right. Yes, so we got some news, finally. We're going to talk Ezekiel Elliott's holdout and kind of the repercussions of that. We're going to do Clark's favorite news segment, just for him, since he's on the podcast this week. And then we're going to talk a little bit of Hard Knocks, since it just premiered Tuesday. Uh, Yesterday, but you'll be listening to this Thursday. So, Tuesday. So, give us that news drop. So... Zeke is the headliner of the news, obviously. He wants a new contract, and he's willing to hold out uh, if he doesn't get it. Uh, We've seen Le'Veon Bell do this. Melvin Gordon is in the process of doing this. Seems like he has demanded a trade as well, which is a whole other thing we could get into. But nonetheless, Ezekiel Elliott set to not play until he has a new contract. Evidently, according to Jenny Slater, the Cowboys have a, quote, generous offer on the table for both Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, and Ezekiel Elliott. That was I'm sorry. I <laughs> oh, the, I'm Clark, playing. next time if you just mute yourself when you I'm sorry. Uh, sneeze, that just, you know, just so we don't interrupt the podcast. But uh, it would put the, a contra, an offer that would put each one of them in the top five at their position. But if they can't reach an agreement, they're willing to just have them play out their deal. So my question to you, Jordan, is to start us off, will Zeke play this season? Is there a contract on the table that he's going to agree to? Or are we going to get what we're – Starting to see is a pretty regularity is a running back finishing their rookie deal, sitting out a full season to get paid. Well, the Cowboys right now, they're doing all the right things to, you know, try to maintain a certain amount of leverage over Zeke Elliott. The whole, oh, we're not going to be market setters for paying running backs. Uh, Tony Pollard has looked good for us running the football, yada, yada. But even behind that offensive line, I think over the past couple of seasons due to other reasons, not necessarily contract related, but in which game or Zeke Elliott has missed games, they have found that they are not nearly as explosive or as good as if the, from when they can actually put the ball into Zeke Elliott's hands, whether that's in the running game or the passing game. Um, and, you know what, Jerry Jones, I think he kind of wants to be known as like a a player's owner a little bit. Um, you know, there were some other controversies last year that may have tested that a little bit, but I think he's very generous with the checkbook. So I, I think that 
you know, despite everything that Stephen Jones is saying that Zeke Elliott gets uh, a contract pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, this is my favorite kind of topic uh, because there's no reason to do any research and we're just completely guessing. Uh, so, so I'll tell you why I'm guessing that he's going to play. Uh, Jordan, you mentioned it. The Cowboys uh, are not the same when Ezekiel Elliott is not on the field. The Steelers showed last year that they could get 80-90% out of the running back in James Conner that they had in Le'Veon Bell. And the Cowboys have just shown that they cannot do that. Le'Veon Bell is one of the three or four running backs in the league who, even if you prescribe to the idea that running backs are devalued and you can pick them up off the street, he's one of those three or four guys that you can and should build your team around if you have them on the team. Uh, so for whatever reason, I just feel like the Cowboys are going to pay him because Zeke is going to sit out until they do based on all the little synapses in my brain. That's just where I ended up. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think ultimately you're right. If, if Zeke was on any other team, I would feel pretty confident in saying that he sits out for the rest or at least a vast majority of this season. But you're right. I mean, you guys have all touched on it. The Cowboys, Jerry Jones is a different owner. He's a guy who's willing to shell out big money to people who he likes. And I think Zeke Elliott falls into that. I think Dak Prescott, I mean, this offer for uh, Clark's, despite Clark's cough and sneeze, <laughs> regardless of its legitimacy, I could see Jerry Jones looking at this squad. This is three young players who are very good at their respective positions. And it's like, if I lock these guys down long-term, suddenly now the Dallas Cowboys can possibly return to that, you know, heralded history that they love to tout around, even though they haven't won anything in a decade plus. So chill down Cowboys fans. So I could see them wanting to him being like, all right, I'm going to give up the money that is necessary to keep these guys locked in for a long time and get them on a field. We haven't heard anything from Dak Prescott or Amari Cooper in this sense. I think Zeke is obviously wanting to get paid a lot. He's one of the best, if not the best running back in the league right now, but also because of his position, he is seeing Le'Veon, he's seen Le'Veon Bell do this. He's seen Melvin Gordon currently doing it, and he's saying, all right, look, this has been effective. Seeming, it's, It was effective for Le'Veon Bell to a certain extent. Melvin Gordon, we'll see how this plays out, but this is the meth, This is the only thing that running backs can do, and so this is what he's going to do. The Cowboys are setting themselves up for a disastrous year next year if they don't sign someone to a deal in 2019. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because one of those three are leaving, if not multiple of those three are leaving, if they don't have those guys locked into long-term contracts. I mean, and yet, uh, yet again, the Eagles showing us this is why you sign guys early. They signed Carson Wentz to what seems like a freaking huge deal. It's going to get eclipsed like four or five times the next four or five times someone signs a contract. Like, Michael Thomas just showed Amari Cooper what the price tag is. Like right. if the Cowboys would have signed him earlier, they wouldn't be in this situation. So, oh boy. Yeah. And one caveat to uh, Kellen Moore is calling plays for the Cowboys this season. You are so they in won't, love with Kellen Moore play caller. They won't be necessarily in the same, like Jason Garrett, like what is the clapper doing uh, calling these specific plays. But I feel like unless they think Kellen Moore is like the new Doug Peterson or former quarterback turned offensive play caller that he's just, you know, calling a hell of a game week after week that they're 
they want their they're going to want their best players available and i don't know if they have anybody on the roster that can do what zeke can do um sufficiently the only one i know who can do that is like andy reed where it's like it doesn't matter who his running back is he's going to replace you i think i think that that is basically i think that there is a 90 percent chance that ezekiel elliott plays this season and i don't think from a fantasy perspective i don't think there's any reason that you should adjust your fancy drafts because of this so i i have because i have the honor of ranking two running backs my number one overall who wow. have played that season i cannot make that i had track hat trick i just can't do it so i have moved elliot down two spots so that i will not three peat ranking just the someone same face clark play. is just doing this so that the curse of clark clark is the new uh madden curse where if he puts a running back first overall they will suddenly either get injured or hold out for a year and just wildly underperform and just won't play so Jamal Charles and Le'Veon Bell have set the tone. <laughs> well, now we know for certain, because Clark did not rank Ezekiel Elliott his number one back, Ezekiel Elliott will 100% play this season, and we're all set. So, no harm, no foul. You know if he's not injured, like, why not go and get him in the second round? Because everybody else will be averted to him. But Do you really think that he dropped has... that far? Do you think people are that worried about his holdout and not playing? He has had suspensions in the past, and I have drafted him like every single time he's been suspended because I'm like, you know what? I will wait these four to six games, however long it takes, and he'll come back, and guess what? I'll have two RB1s yeah. right away. So don't be afraid. Just trust the process, and you know, if you just make sure you go two and two <laughs> the first month of the fantasy season, get back in it with Zeke when he comes back. I would if if Zeke if Zeke Elliott falls into the second round any any league I'm in that's I'm drafting him without even thinking even the back end of the first round I'm drafting him without thinking but I'll take that the thing that speaking of suspensions <laughs> quick side tangent I was mildly upset because Nick released his uh, running back rankings first of all let's do a little plug here fantasy uh, fake teams.com it's rb week at fake teams.com so we're talking everything running backs on the site so if you are looking at how to draft make sure to go to fake teams.com because we got all kinds of we have sleepers we have uh target we have running backs to target running backs to avoid we've got rankings we've got whole nine yards so anyways it's a quick little plug since you know we got to make sure people actually go to the site and read why not uh we write occasionally that's that's what we do sometimes. Uh, but Nick released his uh, running back rankings, and on them he talked. I didn't realize Kareem Hunt was suspended until week 10 this year. Somehow I thought in classic NFL fashion he was suspended like two or maybe four weeks. I didn't realize it was up until week 10. And so now I feel really stupid because I have been like purposely neglecting and, and avoiding Nick Chubb everywhere because I was like, oh, I don't want to get into a running back by committee. I don't want to deal with that shit. Like Nick Chubb is was great last year, and I just don't I don't want to like have to hedge my bets with him and Kareem Hunt. And now I feel like an idiot because he's got a whole half the season without Kareem Hunt. And who knows, you know, if he plays amazing, then Kareem Hunt gets worked in as a minor role. So anyway, small tangent about how my fantasy drafts have not been going as well as they could have been. Because I know everyone cares. In my completely accurate ranks, which should post tomorrow or Friday on faketeams.com, Nick Chubb is my running back five. Yes. He, yeah, he's good. He good, he good, he good. And you know what? Credit where credit's due. 
Kirk Burns talking about Nick Chubb being real good last when he was drafted last year because he was coming from injury and Clark Barnes was like, you know what, you guys? Don't worry about that injury. Draft him. He's a baller. And he came in and he balled. That's yep. why you listen to the podcast. Don't look at any of my other ranks. I got Nick Chubb right. <laughs> We're moving on to Cleveland. Let's move on instead to Clark's favorite news segment, NFL News, brought to you by NFL.com Headlines. It's a segment where I only read the headlines from NFL.com, and um, this way we're in tune with what's going on in the NFL. So, shall we begin? There you go. Uh, the Rams' Cooper Cup, quote, felt great after taking first hit. Good for him. I've already decided I like Cooper Cup, so this is a good article. This is an article I uh, approve. Camp Buzz, colon, Keenum unaware of QB death chart. So just for all you Dwayne Haskin owners. Case Keenum not confident he's the starter. Case Keenum uncertain of role. Or Case Keenum asked awkward question in training camp, did the best he could with answering. Case Keenum stumbles over his words when basic question asked to him. Ex-Texans running back Dante Foreman claimed by Colts. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Uh, then we'll move on. Crabtree works out for Cardinals, semicolon, no deal expected. This one was interesting because initially it was reported that he was going to sign with the Cardinals, which was everyone was excited about because that meant he faced Aqib Tlaib and Richard Sherman twice next season. Uh, and then I guess he realized that that was indeed happened. So he was like, hmm, maybe, uh, maybe I don't, don't, don't do that. Little, little Texas Tech connection? Do the, uh, does he and Kingsbury overlap? I feel like Crabtree was there like a decade ago, but... I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury was there that long. But nonetheless, it didn't happen. Maybe a deal will, maybe a deal won't. Full offseason bodes well for Cousins, Colin Rudolph. Ignore the fact that the Vikings drafted another tight end. Al Rudolph is your man. Rudolph is a great late round target. You'll see it in two weeks when we do tight end week on fake teams. Yeah, two weeks. Good Question mark? Yes. Yeah, uh, Rudolph more, will play every game. More camp buzz, colon. McCoy still expects to be, quote, the guy. Sorry, Shady. That is not true. Oh, that was funny. I was like, which McCoy? <laughs> like, okay. Mike McCoy. Mike McCoy. Still playing. <laughs> Fournette receiving rave reviews in Pivotal Season. Honestly, I'm starting to buy a little bit of Fournette stock. Ooh! It, it tanked last year, but I, I think having a at least league average quarterback there will make a big difference. And they get a lot of offensive linemen back from country. The Fournette thing is, because you can get him, again, for what he has gone, you can get him pretty cheap this season you know, in the third or the fourth round. And he's got top five. Like, he's a very good running back. And Clark will just debate that. But he is, he can get you fantasy points. And so if he puts it together and if he stays healthy, two things that we haven't really seen, uh, he could be a top five, maybe top 10 back. And you're getting him. Let's see. Let's do some quick uh, stats and information. Let's see how quickly I can pull up. While you're doing that, uh, Fournette is in that range where you have to squint real hard to look past that big, big mole on the face. But if, but if you can look past that, and if he can put it together, maybe get some work done, then he, he might end up being a top five back. 
but, but it's the Jaguars, so it's not gonna happen. Leonard Fournette, RB16, going at the top of the third. Uh, I can get behind that. I can talk top myself. third. I can talk myself, I can talk myself into that. Uh, final point. Jimmy Graham, colon, quote, everyone thinks I'm old and slow. Jordan, uh, you have expressed insight into Jimmy Graham as a person, as he was your cornhole partner. What do you have to say on this matter? RB1 podcast uh, co-host, Jordan Smith, colon, you are old and slow. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone is correct. I finally have someone to identify with in the NFL. (laughs) It's true. Nowhere in that quote did that sound. Did he say that that was a bad thing? It could just be he was making a statement. He's just like, hey, everyone thinks I'm old and slow. Period. And everyone's like, cool, Jimmy. Thanks for sharing. I mean, he he was running around a decent amount last year. I think it'll help having a year with Aaron Rodgers under his belt now and being able to do things. But uh, sometimes he was just bad. Yeah. So we'll I'll be see. interested to see. I mean. We haven't necessarily, I don't feel like Matt LaFleur's offense inherently highlights the tight end. Um, maybe it does. I don't feel like that. I feel like Delaney Walker was Mariota's number one receiver just out of necessity because they didn't really have anyone else. Um, but we'll see. I'll be curious to see what Jimmy Graham can put together. He's not someone I'm necessarily targeting, but he's someone I keep eyes on. I, I think there's a reason they drafted Jay Sternberger, so... And that is the news brought to you by NFL.com Headlines. Before we move on, we're going to do a quick ad break. But don't go anywhere, because when we come back, we will find out Clark's favorite song that he heard on the radio in the last three weeks. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. <laughs> just watching Clark ponder this is, is brilliant. Trying to figure I don't out the, know if I've listened to the radio in the past three weeks. Damn it. I tried to give as much of a range as possible that I could think of. It was like, when has someone realistically listened to the radio? I can give you more time. How about a, I was going to say a month, but a month is basically three weeks. What about two months? I, so when my car doesn't pick up that my phone is with me, it goes to AM radio and Perfect. it's shouting about sports. So there so you go. That's, that's the last thing that you've heard on the radio. Yeah. Uh, listeners, was that worth listening through the ad break for? We really roped them in with that one. <laughs> I was I was trying to as we peel back the onion curtain. I was trying to quickly write that down while we were talk while we were doing the uh, NFL headlines, and I was like, I had you know, quick ad break. Don't go anywhere. Find out Clark's favorite, and I was I got there. And then we were talking about uh, Jimmy Graham, and we were <laughs> talking about uh, you know the news and 
conversations went further than I thought. And then we got to it and I was like, shit, I have nothing after Clark's favorite. So I was like, first thing that pops in my head, random song that Clark heard on a radio. But, you know, I put my best foot forward. Favorite movie about a sled? Citizen Kane. There it is. Wow, more so than a Christmas story? (laughs) Oh, totally. More so than Cool Runnings? Ooh. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got I got to stick with old CK up top. Yeah. Santa okay. Claus, Santa Claus 2, Santa Claus 3. <laughs> <laughs> All three of them. <laughs> How about that Tim Allen? Top 5 Tim Allen movies, Santa Claus 1, Santa Claus 2, Santa Claus 3, <laughs> Toy Story 1, Toy Story 2, Toy Story 3, Toy Story 4. <laughs> and we're done. List made. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of christmas movies a lot of christmas movies. i wonder i wonder what actor has done the most christmas movies the most holiday movies i feel like probably kurt cameron or something like obscure like that name one movie kurt cameron has been in i bet if i imdb kurt cameron <laughs> christmas movies who the hell is kurt cameron i'm pretty sure the lifetime movie network has him on retainer uh, yeah, he's, a, he's a very big actor from back in the TV days when there was like eight channels. I, I forget the name. It was one of those things where like it was tragic. The parents had died, and so the of course had to take over. You know, got it, got it, got it, got it. I don't have all that right. Probably you should tweet us and let me know how I got that wrong. Yeah, Bambi. No, that's a good question. Bambi, Bambi Christmas, uh, Lifetime. Anyone on a Lifetime original series or original movie? Those that you got pretty much. Every single holiday film lockdown, you probably top the list. Cool. Should we talk hard docs? Yeah. We? <laughs> We're in the weeds right now. <laughs> We're Don't worry. Right now. I'll, I'll bring it back at the end of the pod. Perfect. <laughs> We're going to go through this list. We're going <laughs> to. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, while, Clark, while Clark is talking with uh, fake team stats and information, hard docs premiered on Tuesday and it's the Oakland Raiders. Um, and it was, I don't know. I, I Maybe I haven't. I, I haven't watched Hard Knocks, obviously, since last season. <laughs> I guess that wasn't really necessary to say. But I feel like this this opening didn't feel as dynamic as I have in the past. Or I didn't feel like there was as many characters who I really was like, oh, yeah, awesome. They really focused on Jonathan Abram, the rookie safety. Um, and he was a fun person to to hear and to talk about. But I don't know. Anyways. Jordan, what were give me some of your highlights from the from the pilot and what you're looking forward to for the next three weeks? Yeah, Abrams is like a first rounder, right? Like they had that whole like yeah. horse riding thing with Abram and Cleveland Farrell. It's like I don't want to hang out with these guys that have already made the team. I want to hang out with uh, you know, the fourth string tight ends and uh well, and the one I, guy I you- thought that that yeah, that guy from Last Chance U, I thought he was gonna be like one of those guys that we've nah he's gone by the end of the episode spoiler no, he got, alert he got cut axed. hard hard cut. unbelievable that was, hard cut. That, was like, was a, that was absurd <laughs> it was it was a hard 360 or 180 it was just like they had this nice little narrative about how he was the last chance you when he was an undrafted rookie defensive tackle what is his name it was like some ollie Ke- not kevin ollie yeah something ollie Something Molly. I can't remember. Um, um, and so they, they spent a lot of time, obviously, on that. And yes, in typical Hard Knocks fashion, right? Those kind of guys who they tap in on, you're like, ooh, great. I have, you know, 
three weeks to get to know this person and to see their path and to see the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs. And then come, you know, the 32 man cut, you're like, whoo, fingers crossed. Let's see if he makes it. <laughs> but he missed a trainer meeting. He wasn't really showing up at practice. And then he just gets axed. And you're like, holy shit, John Gruden is not fucking around this episode, which Hey, I'm all for it. And honestly, my biggest one of my biggest takeaways from this episode is do I like John Gruden? I kind of liked John Gruden in this episode, which is not a stance that I was expecting it to take. He definitely like uh that Ali guy. He was he made they made an example out of him. Like rookies, pay attention. This guy got cut because he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. This isn't college anymore. We're not going to hold your hand and tell you to go, you know, to class or uh, get to the trainer. You have to do those things yourself. Uh, yeah, I, I like John Gruden a little bit too. Yeah, it was not It was not something I was thinking. Like, I didn't go into this being like, oh, I'm going to come out of this being like, ooh, John Gruden, kind of like him. But his some of his, like, messages and just, like, the way that he said things in the huddle, I was kind of like, wow, John Gruden, you – I can understand how you've ha been an NFL head coach before and how you are currently doing it. Like you're not just this kind of crazy person that hosted Monday night football. You're kind of, you know what you're doing, which is surprising to me. I didn't, did not expect to see that. Did not think I was going to come away from hard knocks feeling like John Gruden knows what, knows what he's doing. I mean, spending, you know, years on Monday night football, he might just know uh, when the cameras are facing his direction, uh, how to, how to act, how to be a certain way. Um, I'm really ready to uh, buy a whole lot of Derek Carter stock. I know they're going to be probably nobody believes in him. And uh, John Gruden inexplicably keeps talking up Nathan Peterman. And I have no fucking clue why. <laughs> it is so wonderful to watch. It is bananas. I, I really hope that that becomes a talking point for multiple episodes going forward. David Carr throws... Derek Carr, sorry, I get him mixed up with his brother all the time. Derek Carr throws like an interception, and then John Gruden's like, "Oh, Nathan Peterman would never throw an interception." And everyone's like, "Wait, have you watched a game that Nathan Peterman has played in?" Yeah. Um, other than that, I don't know. My favorite part is just the B-roll of you know the players practicing and running around. I was a little disappointed uh, that they just gave like a good amount of time to Richie Incognito. So I'm like, uh, that's a kind of a tough look. This guy should even be on a team, let alone just like front and center for this hard knock segment right now. Just please. No, he doesn't need to be on camera. Yeah. He's there. There are like 90 other players, most of which are trying to make this team go focus on them. Not some asshole who uh, bullied a, a guy into like retirement Retire, yeah quitting the nfl yeah i just i again like i was muttering of or stumbling over in the in the first part of this i just felt like this this episode and maybe maybe it'll get better maybe the season will get better i just felt like hard knocks in the past have focused on more players who you don't really know or have given you an insight into like kind of players who you don't really have that much information about but like this episode was focused on Derek Carr, which is fine. They focus on the quarterback often. And a lot of Antonio Brown. No, that's why it was boring. <laughs> I've been listening. I'm like, I don't know. This sounds pretty good. This like, oh, you know, the hard knocks guy. You know, we get to hear about this guy, you know, John Gruden. They focused on Derek Carr. <laughs> Killed it. Killed it.
That was dead in the water right there. Obviously, they're going to do some Antonio Brown, but like, I mean, sure, good. I don't need to know. I I just feel like there there hasn't been other players that they've touched on who I'm like, yes, I am excited to follow this person's path through training camp. Everyone who they've talked about them, it's like Richie Incognito or Antonio Brown or people who are like, all right, whatever. Let's and quickly, can we talk about Antonio Brown's frozen foot? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, Jordan, you were the one who you were the. It, got broadcasted on Twitter seemingly that it's it's frostbite which is questionable because he was in too many chirogenic chambers or whatever so basically and uh I want to preface this by saying that I'm not a medical professional um I was like CPR certified at one point but that's the extent of my medical knowledge so do not take this verbatim if you think you have frostbite Please seek a medical professional. Do not take advice from RB1, a fantasy football podcast, to cure your frostbite. But basically, I think the frostbite in this situation for Antonio Brown is kind of being mischaracterized because frostbite is just easier to understand and it's a little bit catchier. Mm. Um, Basically, what I found is what likely happened for him is uh macerated moist skin um which is basically like a step away from trench foot which Oof. is uh for all you historians out there what people got in like world war ii from having wet boots um that's also why you wear uh sandals when you go in the communal showers in the dorms at your university exactly college advice there for all of you uh, <laughs> listeners who are going to college this this uh, september happy semester um basically what uh what i read uh there's this article from the san diego tribune uh where the guy kind of uh kind of estimates that what happened with antonio brown was that instead of wearing like the proper footwear in the cryogenic chamber he must have just went in with like his sweaty socks or something um that's why a lot of the damage to his feet was you know centralized to his feet i don't know if you guys watch a lot of athlete Instagram videos, people go in the cryogenic chamber. It's usually just them. They're just walking in with their athletic shorts or something. They definitely don't usually have a shirt on or whatever. And they're just standing there, you know, freezing their ass off. Um, but if it was frostbite, he would have gotten frostbite like all Everywhere. over the place, um, which wasn't the case here. And at most, uh, unless his feet and like the tissue in his feet are dying which it doesn't seem like is the case uh he's going to be fine he's just got some blistering and he'll likely have to take some anti-inflammatories but as we saw at the end of hard knocks he was out there running and he'll be able to do everything that he was doing probably in a couple days and that will be like a drama for next week's episode of hard knocks but then we'll forget about it by the time the season starts yeah. Yeah. It was funny that they spent the majority of the episode being like, Antonio Brown can't practice. Antonio Brown can't play. His feet hurt. You know, what's going to happen? And then, like, the last 10 minutes of it are Antonio Brown running routes and just destroying DBs. And you're like, okay, this, does his feet really hurt? Is this really as serious as we're making it out to be? But we'll see. Yeah. It's, I mean, people want to yell, oh, he's got frostbite. Like, he's going to get his foot cut off after he climbed Everest. That's <laughs> not going to be the case. <laughs> it's because he went in that hot air balloon. He got too high and his body froze because the temperature dropped too high, too low. 
That is crazy. Hot air balloons freak me out. Really? I I've, I've I never don't think s- I could do it. That's any. I I I share Antonio Brown's sentiment when he saw it blow up and he was like, "That's a big ass balloon. It's huge." It was, what did they say? It was like two hundred thousand cubic feet or something like that. Yeah, it is a wicker basket propelled by fire. I'm not <laughs> getting in that. And flo- like, if you ever seen like festival pictures where they have all these hot air balloons, yeah, yeah. sure, that looks pretty, but also I'm okay with watching them from the ground. <laughs> that is definitely a I'll hold your corn dog while you go do that experience for me. Exactly. Cool. You guys can hold my corn dog when I go uh, up in the hot air balloon. Pete, this is a family show. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. I'll keep my corn dog to myself. Um, I did like the, now we're just kind of talking highlights. I did like, they showed that first clip when they were talking about Antonio Brown now on the team and they showed like his Steelers highlights and they had that instrumental black and yellow playing. I thought that was pretty, I was like, Ooh, I can bump to this. That was great. Like give me all the uh, classical music covers of hip hop songs. Yes. Oh, I when I was in college. Yeah. (laughs) It was that's exactly what I want. It was like it reminded me of it's not a hip hop song, but the cover of Painted Black in Westworld. Oh, yes. When that scene happens, yeah. you're just like, oh, this just ramped it up to a whole new level because they are just r- bumping through the Rolling Stones right now and it's all played by an orchestra. It's amazing. Any Westworld back in my life. I also should have realized that I should have put money on odds that Old Town Road would play within the first episode, within the first like 20 minutes of the beginning. So I'll finally get to know what all the hype is about when I catch up on, oh, okay, that's two reasons to, to watch the show. I'm excited. Mark is sold. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have an answer next week for our commercial break. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Seriously. It'll be what Clark well, thinks of Old Town Road. What was the over under on like number of episodes or number of minutes into the first one before they started playing Old Town Road? Oh my God. Is going to be horse related or they're just going to play it out of nowhere you uh, know you know that they were like hey you know it'd be great is if you uh you two guys went on a horseback riding trip and they were like oh sure okay i can do that and they're like yes we're gonna play old town road <laughs> uh, yeah i missed that prop bed yeah no that was that was a big mistake i should have we should have gotten in on that because we would made a lot of money because it was literally like 15 minutes into the episode and they saw a horse and everyone's like oh yeah we know what's coming next week they're gonna go fight 30 to 50 feral hogs (laughs) i'll put that yeah where can i make that prop bet that's the next meme (laughs) take take and bring it to real life um any other hard knocks thoughts i thought ultimately i'm in i enjoy it i obviously am going to you know we're going to keep watching and and keep talking about it on the show i have yet to find i'm yet to be sold on it i have yet to like fully feel like all right i'm in and invested i'm ready to go i've got people who i care about Really, the only thing that's carrying me through to the next episode is, is I'm curious to see whether or not I my my interest in John Gruden as a person continues to climb or if it just immediately it was a one-time thing. Yeah, I really just don't care about the Raiders in general. So I'm just watching it because I love behind-the-scenes football things, whether it's hard knocks or all or nothing or what have you. I'm in. I just wanted to wait until Clark says something. I'm really looking forward to hearing Old Town Road for the first time. <laughs> Do you have an update on uh, who starred in the most holiday movies? 
Uh, yeah, so Kirk Cameron only done one holiday movie oh. uh, called Saving Christmas. Seems to have been quite the controversy. Uh, several people saying the movie that didn't need to be made. Apparently, a lot of the kerfuffle <laughs> around like taking Christmas out of the Merry Christmas. I think they made a movie about that starring Kirk Cameron. Got so. it, got it, got it. And it uh, was like super Christian, right? Yeah. And uh, Growing Pains was uh, what made him famous. And mm. to correct myself, uh, parents not dead in that one. Sorry. Okay. It has to well, be a pretty devastating review to hear that your movie, everyone's questioning whether or not this movie needed to be made. Like, that's that's crushing. It's hard to hear. I'm sure millions of people went to see it and thought it was great. They're just not on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that's fair. I'm, I'm sorry, Kirk Cameron, but doing one Christmas movie is not going to save it. No. You need yeah. at least three or four. You need a little bit more effort. We need, we need Saving Christmas Part 1, Part 2, Part 3, Part 4. Two Saving now, Christmas. <sighs> I know we've touched on this on the show, but he did Left Behind, which apparently is a series of movies. If anyone out there listening to the pod has these movies and would like to send them to me, please do. I'm really intrigued by the Left Behind series. Yeah. There you go. Couldn't ask for anything better. With that, we will leave you now. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe we'll build our lists of uh, who's been in the most holiday movies or maybe the best holiday movies for next week. Ooh, top five holiday movies. Who says no? Uh, make sure to subscribe on iTunes, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, the whole nine yards. Uh, follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at PM Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark and Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. We will be back at you guys next week to talk about the preseason because we got football finally. Woo! We got real things to talk about and we people wildly overreact. So until then, peace. Kirk Cameron starred in a movie called Mercy Rule. I'm going to read the blurb here. Okay. John Miller faces his son's hope of uh, being a pitcher. I'm reading this right. On a baseball team and keeping his recycling business from being shut down by a sly businessman. That's too much. <laughs> you got to focus on one thing, guys. I am. And in- whoever wrote this, I feel like they were being intentionally mean because there's like three grammar errors in the. <laughs>